Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noiser, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I have titled this episode, Sovereignty Crackdowns, The Calls for Calling, and Withstanding Silent Killers. Why? We're going to be talking about forbidden information, New Zealand banning weapons, calling the population, civilizational collapse, and so much more. How we are the vector points for paradise here on this earth. And that's why we have to resist this anti-human, this, this, this takeover of society, of reality. And we have to at every single turn. But before we do, a few quick updates for you people. Clearly we've been busy. We've been doing a lot of different work with a lot of different people, trying to build, trying to make that better tomorrow, yesterday. I hope you appreciated that previous episode we did with Justin Harvey of We Are Change Orlando. He's still making moves and still making waves. That's what I'd like to hear. Also, be on the lookout for that eight-hour, four-part series with Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder Podcast. Be sure to check out the mini-cast that we did with Lori Alexander, and I'll be going over all these types of things throughout the entirety of this episode. But I have to let you know right off the bat to check it out because we're doing so much. And as fate would have it, we might be doing more events here locally, speaking engagements. We'll see. We shall see. But enough with the breaks, enough with the traveling. We're beginning to miss episodes. With that being said, let's start the show. If you guys appreciate the work and you want to see more, think about becoming a Patreon exclusive member. That help is monumental. And with that being said, I'm going to start the show. Salutations, my friends. That's right. I'm actually here. You're hearing me. And hopefully watching this. You may have noticed we've been all over the place for the past few weeks, but we're going to get back to routine. You know, we've got a lot we've, we've done a lot of different stuff. Uh, since season eight has started eight weeks ago, uh, but somehow we're we're missing a few episodes. There's a lot of different holes that have been filled in with content and so much more. But gosh, we have got a lot of work to do and a lot of different things to cover in this edition. It's my first one since being back from Texas, covering so much different content that sometimes my mind explodes. I'll put the link for that in the description bar below. If you guys have not checked out part one of the four-part series with uh, the shamanic philosophy, the shamanic philosophy and uh, Must Be Truth of the Wayfinder podcast, you guys are missing out. Uh, we also did a quick mini-cast with Lori Alexander of the uh, the Underground Resistance Network, our Fedbook affiliate, covering uh, the, Christchurch, the Christchurch shooting, some of the anomalies surrounding that. And the previous episode that we did with Justin Harvey, we are Change Orlando. Uh, you know, he he actually went uh, forward with uh, explaining some of the stuff regarding Roundup, five G, and other things uh, in City Council. And so it's a, it's amazing to see that kind of progress take place. Uh, also, we have a episode coming out this weekend with uh, with with one of our new affiliates talking about all kinds of different things. Clearly, we have our work cut out for us. Clearly, we're networking, we're growing. Uh, and we're doing all kinds of different work. I know. I'm surprised to hear from you. For, for I'm surprised to do this myself. Feels like for the past few weeks I've been doing nothing but interviewing, talking with people, d- different people, networking. It's been very rare that we've been able to spend some time together. Uh, so, really, and and in doing that, taking that step back, seeing how much work we are doing with everyone else, and why it's so important to have the flagship show, Factions of Freedom. 
yeah, you know, as you guys have heard me talk about a lot recently, I don't really think about uh, the impact I'm making when I'm doing these types of things. But now we start to see the, sl the slow and subtle growth uh, that's occurring from simply stepping into this. We live in incredible times, no doubt, and we cover incredible topics, that's for sure. But what's even more marvelous about it all is we see change taking place, and we're right there somewhat at the fulcrum of it, the fulcrum of it. So whenever you guys hear me say vote with your dollars, vote with your lifestyle, it's because we're manifesting that better tomorrow, yesterday. And with that being said, thank you for tuning in to this edition of Factions of Freedom. Yeah, I missed you guys. I hope you missed me. We got a lot of different things going on. You uh, basically took like a quick break, two-week break, another break. Got to stop this, but that's because season eight is becoming chaotic. Uh, but don't worry, we'll ride the wave, as always. There's a lot of vaccine news that popped up over the time. And I think that's because we're gradually getting to a point to where we're talking about things such as the global health security agenda, population control, uh, dehumanization, and a lot of these other things. Uh, we had the Christchurch shooting, and we might get into things like the Great Replacement in this actual segment, or it, not this segment, but throughout the show. And this was the manifesto of the killer. We won't mention his name, but the reason why I, I, I want to talk about the manifesto is because this looks and reads as if it's the opposite end of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. I learned a new term this week covering uh, the Christchurch shooting, accelerationists. It, it, it goes past extremists. It goes past radicals. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's accelerationists. It's people that want all these things to happen right off the bat. I constantly tell you that Agenda 21, 21 is, you know, two years right around the corner, and I ask the question, how are they going to get us there? How, how, how are we going to think about these things? How will you radically shift the opinion of the entire world? You guys may have heard me slip that in when we start talking about things such as Flat Earth. How do, you get an, how do you insert an ideology that gets people to think about uh, uh, resources, scarcity, the environment, uh, living essentially in like an entrapped dome to where we're responsible for everything? How do you insert an ideology, a one-world religion, without people even knowing that they're accepting it? So as we're moving forward into this crazy, crazy future, you see them deploying all kinds of different things. If we have time, hopefully we can get into Andrew Yang, the new Democrat uh, candidate that's out there pushing things like universal basic income. This is Social Security uh, for the next generation. Now, let's just, let's just go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off, get back into it, start talking about things such as our sovereignty crackdowns. Recently, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi uh, talked about lowering the voting age to 16. Lowering the voting age at 16. Let me tell you what I was doing at 16. I didn't know what I was doing at 16. You guys constantly hear me tell you all the time about where I was at before, Versus where we're at now. That's why it's about the kids. These 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 people. You see them with the with abortion, with schooling, uh, with gender, with math. You see them pushing for the kids. And and I've made some great stunning revelations. Really looking into all this this crazy hardcore push for socialism and communism in America. It's really really crazy. Uh, but I digress. Let me play for you guys this clip of Nancy Pelosi talking about wanting to lower the voting age. I think this is important, and we need to get it on the record so people understand that when you see people like David Hogg, right, when you see all these other children that they're pushing uh, to, to, to for climate change, when you see them 
going after the next generation, it's because they realize that, oh, crap, those millennials, some of them are waking up. Those 20 to 30s or something, or others, they're waking up to what's going on. We need to go after their kids, you see. But here is Nancy Pelosi saying that we're collecting thoughts about lowering the voting age. I myself, personally, I'm not speaking for my caucus, I myself have always been for lowering the voting age to 16. I think it's really important to capture kids when they're in high school, when they're interested in all of this, when they're learning about government to be able to vote. That is, that is not necessary. You know, in other words, some of the priorities in this bill are that uh, transparency and openness and accessibility and the rest. Uh, that's a subject of debate. But my view is that uh, I would welcome that. But I've been in that position. I myself. I w- okay. So let me go ahead and say it. Uh, whenever I was 16, I really didn't, I was not politically active. Uh, you know, everybody told me because I was black, you're voting for Obama, right? Couldn't look into his policies or didn't really look into his policies, didn't really know what was going on. I just thought, great, first black president in America, of course. But then you get older. Then you actually start seeing how they manipulate you, how they play their race card, how they really try to divide you over very, very simple things like this. You see, I don't think that people should really, truly get involved in politics until they actually want to. But what's happening now is this indoctrination. Whenever you have them pushing things like drag queen story time, uh, trying to lower the voting age, having these kids being protesters, uh, fighting against gun control, climate change, all these different things. These are ideologies that are being pushed upon them. Okay, these aren't thing. These aren't conclusions that they reach themselves. This is something that's being bought and paid for, and then pushed into the next generation. We've talked about it before. How the Chinese, how the communist Chinese have infiltrated American universities teaching Confucianism. Okay, and that's not a bad thing. I just think it's 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 that people should be able to have the ability to search after information themselves, not have it pressed upon them as if it's a different type of religion or it's an indoctrination, you see. Uh, and, and I've played for you the clip of the, the, the drag queen, the, trans, the, the, the cross-dressing drag queen, who said, we're going to inculcate your next generation. We're going to teach them tolerance, you see. This is why they, have, this is why they created Common Core Math, because now you can't help your kid. You can't help your kid go over some of the maths because it's, it's, it's crazy. They're not teaching them about history. You see, a lot of this is this, the UNESCO plan for education. This is what they're trying to do to control, uh, the, to, to control the future. And, so lower, and it starts with things like that. Lowering the voting age to 16 is where they can get you early. But by the time kids wake up from their four-year slumber, eight-year slumber, whoever they decide to uh, uh, push into office, select into office, by the time they wake up from that haze, there will, already be, there will already be a new set of problems and a new face ready to offer the solutions that they want. Insert Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, insert Beto O'Rourke, insert Ilhan Omar, insert uh, Rashida Tlaib, insert Bernie Sanders, insert all of these faces for this corporate-controlled push that you see to take over the country. You see. I hope you do see. And check this out. I, I put this up literally before I came on in the air to kind of switch subjects to turn it around for you. And I went over this, this kind of peculiarity with our guest, Lori Alexander, in our uh, 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 in our minicast where we talked about the uh, 
where we talked about what's it called where we talked about the Christchurch shooting how fast did they come up with this bill to have people surrender their firearms you already had people in New Zealand voluntarily surrendering surrendering their firearms it only takes one generation not being vigilant so that the next generation succumbs to it but check this out New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced the first tranche she wants to ban all guns after that mass shooting all military style and assault rifles outlawed and it doesn't seem like much right now it really doesn't seem like much but I'm sure if we asked our friend uh, Nate Max of innate awareness Neil Pasco uh, how he feels about things such as guns and the ability to protect yourself and even some of the peculiarities surrounding this I'm sure he would raise a number of red flags but, but my, my point behind looking at this is to point out the, the the agenda is to disarm you the agenda is to take away your 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 rights your ability to think stand defend for yourself property individuality freedom any of that they want to use the first amendment to take away the second amendment because in this is why, if anything, we'll do like a redo version of the uh, the Christchurch shooting after this stuff is settled because they're pulling videos off. Uh, Facebook removed 1.5 million videos within the first 24 hours of it being up there. Uh, Brighteon is now actually being threatened where we actually put our, 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 our backup videos. Brighteon is now being threatened by the New, New Zealand and Australian government for having the videos up there, for people breaking it down. So now we have, before I play for you guys this quick clip, now we have this whole thing of forbidden information. Or should I do a quick plug for uh, Billy Carson? Forbidden knowledge. We have this whole thing to where now you have forbidden information. You have this thing to where you can't own your own your own firearm. You can't defend yourself. You can't have a you can't have pride in anything. You see. Let me play for you guys this clip, and then we'll continue. Today I'm announcing that New Zealand will ban all military-style semi-automatic weapons. We will also ban all assault rifles. We will ban all high-capacity magazines. We will ban all parts with the ability to convert semi-automatic or any other type of firearm into a military-style semi-automatic weapon. We will ban parts that cause a firearm to generate semi-automatic, automatic, or close to automatic gunfire. In short, every semi-automatic weapon used in the terrorist attack on Friday will be banned in this country. And what Today happened? Today I'm announcing that... And what happened? Because there were over 50 different people that actually did, uh, that actually did pass away from this event, okay? What I'm saying is real people died during false flags. The fact that they were able to come up with this event right off the bat, have a, 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 a gun law passed and ready to go literally within a week, that's what I find dangerous. It's authoritarian. They went from telling you that they don't, that they don't want your guns to outright banning them. And you know what happens with, with, you know how this works. First it goes with registration, confiscation, and then extermination of the owner itself. If, you, if, we, if we, we go into this a little bit more, it talks about where you're going to store it. If you're properly storing your firearms, you know this 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 idea that, that government tells you how to you know how to work your freedom that's crazy. How to live a certain way that's crazy. And I heard a great point in response to this. The uh, not only 
humans are so intelligent that you can take our little pea shooters and we'll come up with with we will come up with energetic weapons we'll come up with magnetic pulse rifles we'll come up with whatever is required to do <laughs> to carry out the job be it a hammer a knife a hatchet your fists or some kind of advanced technology we're going to figure out a way but it's still the fact that we have to fight for these very rights to defend ourselves publicly and privately and the government shouldn't have or shouldn't be interfering at all with that you see so now because of this shooting and i think that's why i i, I want to point out the ramifications behind it you know the sovereignty crackdowns you have Australian senators calling for a social media crackdown. As I said before, you had uh, that, that, that prime minister right there talking about uh, gun laws, restricting firearm sales. And even before that, lower, lower in the voting age. So this is what I'm talking about. You, you see how it's like we're going to remove your rights here and then we're going to give you fake rights there. It's literally two steps forward, one step back. And on top of that, when we, type, when we try to point out some of these anomalies, and this is, again, what I find strange to touch back in, or to touch back again on uh, the, the, the forbidden information concept, you have them blocking Zero Hedge articles. You have them blocking certain links. You see, they do not want, they do not want certain things uh, covered, plain and simple. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about this actual shooting because we covered it in a separate uh, uh, transmission for this exact reason. But really look at the ramifications of this. We can't even play for you guys the video uh, because it was taken down, because it was deleted. Instagram, at, I think we had, uh, we probably had, I think, about 40,000 views, and then they took it down. They deleted the post, froze access to my account, and l literally blocked me out from using it. They said, nope, you're not allowed to put this type of stuff up there. You, sir, are blocked. And if you guys go watch the episode, you'll hear live time while I'm with Lori, you know, how they remove it right there. And that's, that's just a perfect example of how this type of stuff is going to happen in the future. Removing content. And, and this is something, if you guys have been listening for quite some time, we're already familiar with. But now they're going ahead and saying, look, we don't want to have this here. We don't want to have this there. You're not allowed to put, a, put this up there. It, it, it sounds crazy because I've already talked about this. We see where this is going. This, this is, this is a, the authoritarian text. The left and the right. This is the, these are the technocrats. These are the people that govern your mind, control what you see, hear, and think. And I had this great revelation when discussing things uh, with Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder podcast. When you limit information, when you limit what people actually look at, you, you hinder them from actually being able to discover uh, all the different dimensions and the potentialities that they could actually do. What I mean is this. I may or may not be able to make a, a, a fully-fledged table and then carve you know, my initials into it and then make a great work of, work of art. But if I did not know that that information was capable, figure out how to do these actual things and practically apply it, how would I even be able to manifest that potentiality here on Earth? If they remove all this information, i.e. what's going on in the vaccines, what's going on in the food, what's going on in the sky, what's going on with your body, what's going on with your mind, and we'll get into this here shortly, uh, Facebook, 
wanting to create more mind-reading technology, if they're able to manipulate these types of things and tell you that, well, that's not important, you don't need to look at that, don't question, well, then they begin to control it. So essentially, cutting off information cuts off the potentiality, which cuts off your ability to manifest uh, uh, a better tomorrow. This is what I mean by them controlling the future. This is why a free expression of ideas, this is the renaissance. But we're in a fight for ideas of what's taking over. This is why you hear me saying we have to innovate our way out of it. We have authoritarian people who will not concede, who want to control the water, the transportation, the electricity, uh, and now reproduction, education, you name it. You name it. This is what I mean by the socioeconomic reformation. This is the post, uh, this is the fourth industrial revolution. The controlled collapse so that they can lead us into this new world order. And it starts with stuff like this. Let me get into here. Facebook now automatically blocks zerohedge.com articles. This is by Joe Jarvis from the Activist Post. As creepy as Facebook's algorithms are, they can also be useful. I go on Facebook mainly to see what news articles my friends are posting. In a sense, I am crowdsourcing part of my job because many of my friends are pro-market and free and free market and against government overreach. I end up with some great content just from scrolling through my newsfeed. Does this mean that Facebook has massive insight into the type of content I like to see? Absolutely. And I've noticed my newsfeed becomes more and more tailored to the type of content I find useful for everyday per people. This is creepy. I don't blame you for avoiding Facebook like the plague, but I make a living in part broadcasting my thoughts and opinions to the world. It would be pretty hard for me to simultaneously expect my political and economic views to remain private. So this morning when I logged in, and this isn't me speak, this isn't me writing this, this is Joe Jarvis. Uh, we just happen to be in the same field. I was surprised to see a post from a friend that said Facebook was automatically blocking links to the finance website Zero Hedge. Facebook had automatically blocked the URL when it was shared, stating, quote, this post goes against our community guidelines on spam. You guys can see the same thing whenever I talk about uh, the Christchurch shooting with Lori. A commenter confirmed that when he posted the same link, uh, war U.S. warns Germany to drop Yahweh or risk losing intelligence sharing, he was met with the same spam message. Curiously, I wanted to see if all links to Zero Hedge were blocked. If this just particularly, if or if it was just this particular link, I shared multiple completely uncontroversial links from Zero Hedge, and every one of them was met with the same message. Strangely, when I had OK, I was met with the same with a message that said, "Thank you for letting us know you didn't post this." I have no idea why that would come up. The other option was to request a review. When I tried to post yet another mundane finance article to the Daily Bell Facebook page. I was again automatically blocked. The Daily Bell is a frequent contributor to Zero Hedge, so I tried sharing one of our Zero Hedge articles. That actually worked. I successfully posed two different Zero Hedge contributor articles to the Bell page, to the Daily Bell page, as well as my personal page. So this is this is what's going to happen. This is the game that we are in now. This is the time frame that we're in. You're right. I could go into it real quick to you know uh, where where. Of President Vladimir Putin has signed it into law, uh, a fake news law, to where it makes it basically illegal to 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 criticize him, following basically off of the heels of uh, China's President Xi Jinping, to where they don't like uh, they don't like anything that's derogatory. They're cracking down on consent or or on dissent. This is what I mean by our sovereignties. We should have the ability and the right to voice our opinions, to voice our displeasement. 
However, these people are systematically finding ways to chop that ability off. When I tell you guys that Facebook is not going to be the place that you get your news from, and this is why we have to migrate off of Instagram onto other platforms, this is the game that we're going to have to play to, to, to still try to get you guys information, to, 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 to still try to deliver it. You can see the jaws of censorship coming, but that's why we have to do everything within our power to fight it. You see, to innovate our way out of this situation. I want to, uh, I want to read for you guys real quick just some of the responses we got uh, regarding this, this question that I had. Because when I came back from Texas, there was a server outage. Facebook and Instagram were down uh, for roughly six hours or so, or more, eight hours, quite some time, a decent amount of the day. So, and and, and sorry, I'm jumping all over. Uh, with the time time wise I should have done this chronologically that way it would have made more sense but when I came back from Texas Facebook had shut down but then when it popped back up we had the Christchurch shooting and so think about how much happened within that time frame literally within a week and how much how, how many of our rights how many of how, I'll say this is probably better how many New Zealanders' rights were usurped due to emotions. We don't know what actually happened with that, the same way we don't know what happened with the Las Vegas shooting. How many rights were taken because of that? And the reason I have to press this is because you know it's going to be exacted over here. Australia did it. New Zealand did it. Why not do it here? Hillary Clinton talked about that on the campaign trail a few years ago, I think, actually. She said she's in favor of Australian-style gun control. Very few people actually turn it in. But what happens whenever they're tired of people wanting to voluntarily turn their stuff in and they proactively start confiscating guns? They're already doing that. But uh, let, me, let, me, let me read some of these responses to you guys. What did Facebook remove from its servers during its outages? Uh, for Facebook and Instagram to go down basically an entire day is extremely su suspect. Personally, I saw it as a cosmic sign to keep that four-part series with shamanic philosophy it must be truth as closed off as possible, but now that I'm getting back into the saddle, I'm thinking there's more to the entire deal. Instagram frequently goes down and people run to Twitter, but for Facebook to go down in conjunction suggested more to me. And as I said before, for it to go down, and then for this Christchurch shooting to happen right off of the bat, of course it would be the most important thing, basically breaking, breaking the internet. You see, I hope you guys put two and two together. But uh, Kinger90210 says, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp are the same. They use mostly the same servers slash backbones and so on. They lost about $20.2 million because of this. This also happened on, a, on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which would be the worst day for it to happen in terms of profit. There is no conspiracy behind this, just bad management from a dollar company. If they want to remove, hide, or patch things, they don't need to turn all the services down. Fair enough. I think that's a appropriate thing. Check this out. Artie Fascioni says that uh, they were doing some spring cleaning for sure. If you follow the LifeLog equal Facebook's connection, it's pretty evident that they stopped doing their irregular line of business and changed things up. It is undoubtedly suspicious. A company that, that large has redundancy and extra capacity, so they never go down. The real reason is certainly not what they claimed it to be. 
I would definitely agree. And you guys can go through and read some of the other responses there and to kind of get the gist of what people are trying to talk about. Uh, but looking at this segment, because I want to play a video for you guys of uh, Regina Dugan, uh, head of Facebook's F8 or Building 8, where they talk about mind reading technology. She's, she used to work with DARPA. I want to close this segment out with this. What you have to realize is they are systematically and scientifically trying to find ways to use your emotions against you. When I tell you that they want to use the First Amendment to take the Second Amendment, right, the ability for you to voice your, disc your, your concerns with the state and then, you know, be able to fight against that tyrannical government because that's why it's there. That's why they're trying to politic us. They want to sophisticated. They want to. They, they they want to be very sophisticated in how they usurp your rights. This is why you see this hardcore push of socialism and communism coming in. You see, to where they demoralize you, to where they think this is this is the psychology of what's actually going on right now. It's very crazy. Uh, I wish I I wish I wasn't doing such a. I, I, I wish we had a better way of explaining stuff if we didn't have this kind of time restraint. Uh, because essentially what we're seeing is just that, the crackdown on our sovereignty, uh, the ability for us to effectively defend ourselves uh, and secure the future, you see. And now they're going right out, outside of the, the, outside of the, the, outside of regular law. This is the technocracy. This is why Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube are more powerful than most governments. This is why big tech is, 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 is so influential. And this is why they can, if they can get you to think in terms of a computer instead of like an actual human that has God-given rights, you have to agree to uh, the terms and services. The, you see the terms of agreement, which you have to sign, instead of your God-given rights, if they can get you to think about the terms of agreement that you've signed, you've basically signed over your rights. You see, and that's why some of this is so dangerous. But uh, let me get into this. And I put this up before we left. It says, Zuckerberg... Facebook wants to build a mind-reading machine. That's right. Whatever Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg was recently at Facebook or at Harvard talking about uh, building mind-reading technology. But this clip I have for you guys, and I play it all the time because it shows you how far back uh, this idea of mind-reading technology, type to t or thought to text, they want to be able to pull your thoughts because that is the last thing that is sacred if they can pull your thoughts and put it into the collective consciousness that is Facebook nothing else will be sacred nothing else will be private but let's take a listen and then we'll get into this, art this article so let me give you an example of what I mean let's start with your brain your brain has 86 billion neurons that fire a thousand times per second now they don't all fire at the same time, so let's decrease that by a factor of 100. That would mean your brain is capable of producing about one terabit per second. About 40 HD movies are streaming in your brain every second. Now, if you haven't had your coffee yet, you might be moving about 10 times slower, so let's just say it's four HD movies every second. And herein lies the problem. How do I get all of that information out of my brain and into the world? What are my choices? Well, I'm, I'm speaking to you right now, and I'm transmitting at about 100 bits per second. 
let me give you an example of Crazy. what I mean. Let 40 HD movies per second into the world. That's crazy. And this is why, uh, if you ask me, at another level, this is why you see them putting our faces next to these phones so our, uh, so that we get like macular degeneration, so that our like eyes are having a hard time distinguishing certain things. So they'll raise the, the resolution of certain videos to where it's just like 8K. You know, it's past like 4K. It's past like 180, 1080p to where it's just like so crisp and so rich that you're just, you feel immersed in it. And then they'll get inside of a virtual reality, uh, you know, and haptic sensor responses uh, to where you basically feel like you're getting touched by the wind. It's crazy. They have the technology. You know, and a lot of this too comes from the chemtrails. We could go down a crazy rabbit hole about this, but what I'm trying to tell you guys is that you see them slowly pushing this whole thing to where it's not about you. You're part of a larger collective, so you need to get rid of yourself. Join the Facebook hive mind. You see, this is why they have all kinds of hoops that they want us to jump through. This is the building of the social credit score. Have you turned in your guns? Have you submitted to the state? Are you sterilized? You see, do you have the chip? Don't even get me started on things like that. Have, do you have your, 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 your national biometric uh, government ID card? You see, you've got to look at what these people are pushing to understand why resistance and rebellion is a must. You cannot capitulate with authoritarians. You can't. You can't reason with them. And that's what I'm saying. They're lining up to take over. And that's why all of this, if you ask me, is so dangerous and why, why I tell you all the time that we must remain vigilant. However, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break because we went over some heavy stuff, as always, in this segment. But what's going to happen is we're going to come, to, come back talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, birth strikers, as well as all this other stuff, the cause for calling. We talk about the Georgia Guidestones, Agenda 21, uh, the, the, the New World Order agenda to try to wipe out the population. What, what happens whenever you have people like this eco-fascist talking about this white supremacist eco-fascist crazy person essentially talking about depopulating people the great replacement you see and now you have essentially the political mouthpiece of such a radical ideology being eaten up by people who can't who can't filter who don't have that discernment but i digress we'll get into this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this.
That's what uh, my cool, super cool jet thing would sound like if I came in. Uh, That's the lid of it opening up as I'm walking out, trying to paint a cool picture for you guys here. I have arrived, and we are all here together. Salutations. What I'm trying to do by giving you that little uh, automated vehicle thingy I just did right there in your brain is show you that whenever I start these episodes... It is always super hot coming coming in. I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, focus on the content, figure out how to stream it, tell you how you know, tell you what's happened in a week because a lot does always happen. It's just uh whoa. It's just something else. But uh we'll figure it out. We always do. Once we start getting back into the normal groove of putting out content on a consistent basis instead of traveling all the time. Uh, we'll get back into the flow of things. It's just there's a lot of things happening all the time. Uh, we're trying to figure out a better a better information delivery system. 
Uh, we're also trying to figure out a better content delivery system because these are two different things. I still want you guys to have access to the articles and everything else that we put up on social media. Uh, but I also want to start putting out more uh, podcasts, more mini casts, more daily transmissions. And this is a lot. This is a lot. You, you'll hear me discuss a lot of this, too, uh, with Adam and JC of the Wayfinder podcast because they have a very beautiful studio, fantastic team. Uh, and I would like that so that we could do better works. We have uh, what we will be expanding into, and I haven't come up with a cool name for it, but for the exclusive members, we will be doing a video segment, video show, call in, real cool, way low key, to where it's more interactive. This is the, this is the part about expanding. This is the beauty of it. Uh, because while all this stuff is happening, you have to understand that that's our responsibility. Now that we know these things, we have to act accordingly. That's what the future requires, and move forward, you see. But speaking of the future, let's play this clip for you guys of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez answering a casting call to play the role of a Congress member. Back in 2016, we put out a call for nominations, trying to capture the diversity of background, of experience, of the American electorate, the people that aren't currently represented in office. We got over 10,000 nominations. Out of those 10,000 nominations, we found Alexandria. My brother told me that he had sent my nomination in the summer, but I was like literally working out of a restaurant and I was like, there's no way. Her profile is not what you think of as someone who should run for office, right? I grew up with a really politically engaged and attuned family. We always were debating politics, talking about things, but we were never involved in the formal structures of politics. We saw these signs of someone who's willing to sacrifice their own future for the good of others. I remember some of the moments that I felt really dejected about politics, the extension of the Bush tax cuts mm -hmm. in 2010, and seeing that the same people were financing all campaigns. And it's right. like, what is even yeah. the difference of a Democrat and a Republican? That was the depressing part, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I, like a lot of working people, felt that cynicism. And I understood it very deeply. 2016 represented a re-engagement. That's when I started tuning in more to activism and really getting to the core of these issues. I remember that evening on election day in November. I was really disappointed and really sad, but I was not shocked. She was at Standing Rock trying to figure out what her next steps are, just like a lot of people were. What do you do when someone like Trump wins? And my experience at Standing Rock was so spiritually transformative. Being there in such an acute moral struggle, you really saw how it was more important than any material thing. And so I walked out of that camp and I was like, what do I do? And then literally that day, I get this email like, this is what you do. So Izzy, one of the people that was working with us at the time, called and it was scheduled for 20, 30 minutes and it went maybe an hour and a half. Like you hadn't thought about running for office or anything at that point, right? No, no. You knew you got to do something. I knew that I had to do something. You would call people up and kind of walk them to the platform. You would try to call up folks that were like doing all kinds of amazing stuff, right? Every conversation would have a very awkward pitch at the end. Because yeah, it's like, always about like, yeah. oh, it's so great. You're like saving lives. You're fixing stuff in your community. And so do you want to run for Congress? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, well, would you be open and 
entering this kind of nomination process? And I was like, sure, because that's not a, will you run for Congress? We felt the passion in her voice. She really wanted to fight for the big thing. And she got on a bunch of uh, video calls to meet some of the other candidates that at the time were thinking about running. There were so many other amazing candidates. The entire time I didn't think I was going to be picked. In my brain, I was like, this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen until Izzy called. And she was like, hey, do you want to go to Kentucky in two weeks? And I was like, Oh. We invited people to an in-person summit in Kentucky when we started getting serious about who we were going to run. Well, Kentucky was, I mean, I found that was the main, that was a spiritual experience. That, that was the main spiritual experience. It was. What happened was just magic. All these people from all over the country, incredible community leaders, talking about similar problems they all faced. Talking to each other, engaging, pumping each other up, pumping us up, you know. That was like a super pivotal moment, I felt like. I just remember the first day we've created this network of people that put movement first. Feeling like it was a movement and that it wasn't about me was the most convincing aspect. Being like, oh yeah, I'll do this because it's a bunch of crazy people <laughs> and this will be fun. Yeah. <laughs> because all of you got into this like movement first, that's defined, I mean, your actions since you got elected. Yeah. Right? And everyone else is like, man, this is weird. Why are you doing all this weird stuff? Well, it's because it's a different, you didn't come It's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much reaction to the divergence that our actions represent in D.C., but really they've been consistent the entire time. It's just that people, Yeah, just like the only thing that's changed is that people pay attention now. I've literally been live streaming my life and our political actions since 2016. I've literally been movement first and accountable to social movements the entire time I've been running for office. It's really most people that change, right? Like yeah. they get elected and they're like, okay, campaign's done. There's a lot of people in the Democratic caucus. When we are courageous enough to just puncture the silence on an issue, they will start to move. Don't people realize that the most powerful position you can be in is when you are not materially attached to a position of power? If you're a one-term Congress member, so what? You can make... 10 years worth of change in one term if you're not afraid. People are saying, you know, we've got to be more involved in our democracy. Right. We've got to obviously vote, participate, and go to town halls and go to school board meetings and all this. But I think the other part of that is... And this is why you see them doing it. They're, they're following through with everything they said they're doing. They are following through with it. They are taking over. They're coming for your kids. They're coming for your guns. They're coming for your education. They're coming for your transportation. They're coming for your tax, for your, for your paycheck. Uh, but oh, don't worry. You'll get everything for free. You'll get free. You'll get that free health care. You'll get that free education. And you know, they'll, you'll 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 get that free transportation. You'll just have to wait behind the line of thirty other people who want the free thing. You see how the quality of free really isn't what you want. But now they're just going for broke. They're going right out there. Okay. And I think it's because we don't really have like a competing ideology. Uh, you see. I keep telling you guys that Trump's whole purpose uh, here within the political spectrum, I've talked about it before, Trumping in the technocracy. He's supposed to bring in the technocracy. He's supposed to bring in uh, the collapse of capitalism, the introduction of, of this, this, this weird globalism, communism, socialism thing, this authoritarian uh, ideology as put forward by UNESCO, by the United Nations, by, by, by these people. You see, but it's 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 all because it's no longer about you. 
you see. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you guys have probably seen, you, you've heard me go on and on and on about her. You go do your research. That's all I'm going to say. But when you hear me talk about her, realize it's not the person so much as the message. Okay? They, 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 they purposely found somebody that is annoying, that does get on your nerves, to talk about these types of things. I spoke about this with Lori Alexander, you know, how she is dangerous because what she's supposed to represent is disorder, chaos, disruption, and all this. It's what she is. And I'm, and I'm saying this from an analytical point of view because you've got to look at how the, the Hegelian dialectic, the left versus the right, our whole purpose here is to expose the left-right paradigm, the two wolves deciding on how they're going to eat the sheep, who's financing these type of people, and why they're carrying out these shenanigans. I would love to talk about things like renewable energy, cleaning up the environment, helping our fellow man. But when you have somebody that's as dangerous as this talking about reproduction, saying we're not doing enough to fight climate change, radicalizing other people, as a freshman, where do you think this is going to go? You see, that's what I'm telling you. They had to put this whole crop, this whole crop of new globalist faces out there, of people that, that, that are here to carry out this next wave of agendas. They may not be here for long, but that's okay. This is why you see Nancy Pelosi and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez kind of going at one another. That's okay. The ideas are still put out there. Speaking of which, this idea. Is it okay to still have children? Realistically, having like a ton of kids is just super not good for the environment. And like, AOC recently said that the world is going to be significantly worse for children in the future, and that maybe we shouldn't have kids. You guys heard about AOC's Green New Deal? No. What? No. No, <laughs> no I haven't. Yeah, I have. Yes, I have heard about it. Ah, uh, yes. Do you, are you in favor of it? Ah, uh, no. Are you in favor of it? In concept, yes. In practicality and applying, and no. Are you in favor of it? I am in favor of it. Yes. Okay. Do you agree with it? Yes. Now, she went on Instagram story, and she actually said that there's scientific consensus that the world's going to be terrible for children, that maybe young people have a legitimate question in, ask, in asking if they should still have children. Do you think we should stop having kids? Um, I don't think we should stop having kids. There's even a birth strike movement currently going on where women are foregoing having kids for the environment. Play My that next. Being on birth strike mostly has come from not wanting to pass that fear on to someone else. Do you think that that's smart? No, that's dumb. That's just that's just dumb. I'm definitely for like like a lot of environmental policy. Um, just because within the past like couple of years, Trump has really um, like. Sure, the world is going to be harder, but we're humans, we survive. Adaptability. It's going to kill the planet faster and is not, like, healthy for them, but having, like, one or two kids is, like, perfectly safe and okay. Spreading on your, like, DNA is kind of selfish, especially in the reason that we have a super huge overpopulation crisis, and that contributes more and more and more to global warming. I think that, like, our environment is in question right now, and I think that we're doing a lot to ruin it, and so it's important for us to be proactive. Um... I mean, I agree. I think the last thing I saw was that uh, 32% of people below the age of 25 were, like, seriously considering not having kids. You're suggesting, like, limits on children, like the one-child policy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think I could see something like that happening, and that's a little bit more reasonable than, you know, like, not having any children at all. I think that's very realistic, just because, you know... So many animals, plants are dying right now that, like, what world will they live in? I'm fed up with this world. Would that stop you from having kids? Well, 
I'm gay and I don't want to have children, so like that's not gonna affect me from not having kids because I'm not gonna have kids anyway. I'm not gonna have kids anyway. No, you shouldn't have your own kids. You can. There's nothing wrong with it, but like I personally, for that reason, could justify for my whole life never having kids. Human nature to reproduce, and um, it is not human nature to like be greedy and like take um, from the resources that we have and just like overuse. So I, there, there can definitely be another way um, besides not having children. Because I think there was a like report that said we have like 12 more years before we cause like drastic damage to the world and so i don't know i think it's important to have legislation that protects our environment the lives of children are going to be very difficult well then you have it you 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 heard it from uh, the next generation yourselves how they feel about having kids i found that very dangerous this we're, we're basically talking about culling the population and if you guys ever listen to what me and Charles Casson of Truth is Terrorism actually say about everything you heard right there, you've heard it before. That's why that's why you hear me freaking out about this. Is because this is they're saying, oh well, the environment's more important than you. This is that anti-human agenda. This is what happens, you know, when this is it. Strap yourselves up because here we go. Uh, they're basically saying you're not allowed to have kids. You shouldn't procreate. Uh, you know what, basically go ahead and kill yourself, do us all a favor, that'd be great, gosh golly, thanks. Uh, and this is the main problem I had, because the parents screwed up, they shouldn't have kids. This is, it's a, it's, 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 we see this ideology that China has uh, essentially coming here with the one-child policy. Now, before I play for you this next clip of the birth strikers movement where people are literally being fear-mongered in and not having kids, let's get into this, this, quick, uh, this quick document called The Great Replacement. This, was, this is the manifesto uh, put forward by the New Zealand Christchurch mosque shooter. But let's look at some of these things real quick. And if I was smart, because I am, I have a quick... Uh, I have so many different versions or so many different printouts of uh, Agenda 2030. Let's see if we can correlate the Great Replacement as we march towards a new society with transforming our world, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. So right here, for audio listeners, you're going to hear me describe this. It has a, a, a giant circle with the Nazi black sun, eight little divisions signed up. Or, or divided up workers rights anti-imperialism environmentalism responsible markets addiction free community law and order ethnic autonomy protection of heritage and culture as well as workers or we already said workers rights so this is what it goes over this is this kid's air quote manifesto i'm just going to read you some of the sustainable development goals as put forth by the united nations they want to end poverty in all of its forms. Hmm. Okay. Sounds like either workers' rights or responsible markets. You tell me. They want to end hunger, achieve food security, and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture. So what is that? Environmentalism? Goal number three, ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for at all ages. What is that right there? It says protection of heritage and culture. Uh, ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and promote lifelong opportunities for all. 
workers' rights. So ethnic, uh, I'm good. <laughs> I really wish people would take the time to go out and go do some of this research themselves because it is remarkable and stunning to see the push, not only from somebody like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but now this crazy killer, uh, the, New, the, New, the New Zealand killer, and also people like Beto O'Rourke, uh, Andrew uh, 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 Yang, all these people are pushing this so fierce that it's, that it's scary. And this is why you see me kind of getting excited, having to get excited and agitated because these people are pushing an ideology that's not their own. They're puppets, they're vessels for the United Nations. Let's scroll through some of this. I'm always going on about, you know, everything that's in the, in, uh, the 20s, 30 Agenda for Sustainable Development. It's the birth rates, it's the birth rates, it's the birth rates. You hear me again, talking about population. They say that this is ethnic re replacement, this is cultural replacement, this is racial, racial replacement. He's trying to say that this is the multicultural agenda. And, and you know, you could, do a, you, could, you could learn so much about the psychology of people uh, as well as handlers that are, that are self-radicalizing these people. And you could just learn so much about these people. Like, it's crazy. Really go listen to that episode and read between the lines of what me and Lori are talking about uh, as we try to break this down for you guys. Because it's, 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 like I said before, if it wasn't so frightening, it would be fascinating. It's remarkable that somebody came up with this. But they didn't come up with this. They just digested it for this person. And when I say radicalized, you know how we always talk about uh, 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 American kids, right? They say they go and join ISIS, you know, and then they grow a beard and, you know, they, they, they convert and then they go out and they go kill themselves. It's because they became radicalized online. You ask, well, how do they get the weapons? Well, either A, and these are some of the scenarios that we've gone over in the show in the past, uh, they actually do connect with uh, terrorists and they are actually able to ship weapons in and, you know, they're able to carry out these types of things. Or, it's by alphabet letter agencies uh, that take part in this just to see if they can build that connection with the real terrorist cells. So this radicalizing thing, it does happen here a lot of the times in America. It happens a lot of the time on chat rooms and forums. Uh, but now what we see happening, and you're going to see this happen more so, is, is what I talked about at the start of the show. This accelerationist movement to where you have people that don't want kids. They're telling you to kill yourself. You better not have kids that are telling you how to live your life. Like that person said, oh, I'm gay, but you shouldn't have kids. Like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says, hey, don't have kids. There are kids here that need your help. Yet, yet, yet you will not see them adopt any of that. Yet you will not see them come up with actual programs to help the children. You see, this is why, I've, this is why I freak out because it's, it's simply virtue signaling and they don't see how dangerous it is. Like look at what's going on with, with, with the abortion thing. And I get it. I understand that this world seems so crazy right now. Imagine living in medieval times, right? Being a knight. That's where, like, you know, we're, we're, we're actually having children matters, handing down, like, lineage and family and legacy. That's where it actually matters. Nowadays, we don't think about these types of things. We still do have kids. But think about that. This is something that's as this, this is we're part of this self-sustaining system and they're trying to obstruct it. They're literally trying to have man's law override natural God's given rights. And that's what's crazy. They are now pushing an ideology to insert inside your head that we are overpopulated. That we literally need to start killing people. 
that, you know what, there's not enough here for everybody. We should just go ahead and start taking from everybody else. That's why this is so dangerous. That's what I mean when I say they want, get your hands out of my pockets. And when they're fear-mongering, trying to call the population, this is all according to agenda. They want to have the population at a manageable level. This is why you slowly see them inserting technology to, to, to override man's, man's decisions. But I digress. Let me play for you guys this quick clip of this birth strikers movement where people are refusing to have kids because of climate change. Times bestseller. This is described as a book that does. Do these women have a point? Is the world 
too dangerous? Is the prognosis too bleak to be getting pregnant and bringing children into our world? Absolutely, says author David Wallace-Wells. He recently released The Uninhabitable Earth, a New York Times bestseller. This is described as a book that doesn't sugarcoat the horror of climate change, and one that is brilliant and unsparing in its analysis of a chaotic and burning present. It's the perfect storm, an increasing population combined with climate change. Okay. A world with an extra so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and pause it there because clearly you guys get the gist of it. I want to speak on this real quick. The whole global extinction paradox. So let's stop having kids. The world's going to end. Stop having kids. You know, I we are a plague on the earth. That's what they. That's what they say. I, I really and and, and if we if we've speak it all, We've spoken on this a lot. I think that's kind of why I, I trip out. I'll play for you guys uh, this this uh, other part of the agenda that you see going out there. The meatless Mondays thing. You know, we talk about this a lot, this cynicism, this pessimism, this demoralization, this dehumanization. You know, you're horrible. Humanity sucks. Yeah. We see the same thing already happening here in America. You see how this, it's like this decadent anti-human agenda, some spirit of evil that's out there telling you, you suck. Life's horrible. Go kill yourself. You know what? Stop having kids. And I've told the story here uh, on, on the air of how people around me have had vasectomies at like the age of 20 and i just i think because you know maybe i'm so i i am optimistic about the future yes i do see all these things happening i'm able to see past it you know like some of these people you wouldn't want to have kids with them uh the same way this whole radical feminist agenda that you see out there it's not for empowering the female or anything about the family it, it, it's literally about just following a certain agenda, reacting to, to certain types of things. And so why is this important? Because when you look at things like the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, the whole idea is to, to feminize men, emasculate men, demoralize men, empower women, push women up to the pedestal to where they are now goddess. This is why Captain Marvel is doing so well. And you guys have seen this whole programming taking place for quite some time now is to elevate women to a status of, of, of God, godlihood and the also promote the earth. Men, we're a plague. This is how they see us. Humanity as a plague. But women are the solution. Women will have the key. Women and earth are what's important, not men. But I have to ask the question of how old is earth? You see them saying, oh, we're, we're reaching a, a civilizational collapse. Oh, no. How old is earth? Do we even know how the pyramids got here? How many times have we collapsed and still made it through? So the idea of saying we need to stop having kids is so satanic. Let's keep it real. It's so anti-human. It's so dystopian that you literally have to look at who is offering, to, offering that kind of ideology to you. That is not life. That is death. Is the world dangerous? Like I said, look, think about the medieval times. Think about the Black Plague. You see what I'm saying? Think about different families, clans, tribes. Like, Think about how long we've been here. So to have something like this, I, I think that's why I, at, a, at a core level I get, I get like this because it's just so, it's so backwards that it's just that. It's redundant. It's regressive. It's population control. 
You see, this is what I mean by the culling of the population, the, co the cause for culling. And, and, and yes, the world does have injustices, but if we are not doing the right actions here upon the earth, living in that harmony, creating this, 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 this paradise here, then we deserve to live in the hell that we've allowed to be erected around us. You see. People don't understand that that's how it works. You can't just submit to this type of stuff and think it's going to go away. It's going to get stronger. Why do, you think, why do you think they're trying, clamoring at the bit to shut down 1.5 million videos of people pointing out the, the, the craziness surrounding the shooting, the curiosities and the anomalies and the peculiarities, saying this is wrong, this is sketchy. Why do you think they're shutting down vaccine pages? Why do you think they're taking off people like the Free Thought Project, the anti-media? Why do you think they're trying to, sh they're literally looking for reasons to shut us down? Hoping that we take the bait and post stuff like this. That's why I had to post that, that, that shooting post. To poke the fence, to show you guys, look, they are looking for reasons to take people down. They do not want people to, to, to organize, inform, educate, reform, and, 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 and implement a better alternative. They only want their narrative. And this is why you see me taking this a lot more serious, because it's no longer just passive stuff. These people are on the move. They're becoming active and militant and how they're deploying things. And that's why it's dangerous. That's why Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is dangerous. That's why whoever, whoever is an offshoot of that is also dangerous. Look at this. I put this up yesterday kind of like as a joke to show you guys like the, the mentality of people, because I am, all, I am sure we all know someone like this. Check this out. Woke woman caught stealing crosses, memorializing aborted babies, tells cops she's merely, quote, cleaning up the garbage. So she's saying these crosses that represent aborted babies that we're trying to memorialize to give acknowledgement to, she's calling that, that garbage. You guys remember last year, too, whenever that gay dude kicked, roundhouse kicked that, that chick at that pro-life march? Again, that guy who's like, I, I, I hate Ted Cruz. It's, it's a spirit of wickedness. And it's so cool. We're so cool hating everything. We're so cool hating life. We're so cool entertaining death. That's why this is dangerous. Let's, let's take a listen, then we're going to take a break. Get all fired up. Is there a reason why you're doing this? Because we disagree with it. Okay, but this isn't your property. Because we know that how many how do you know it's not going to work? Because I've been having this conversation for 28 years. So how, why are you taking your property? This is your property. This is ours. Yes, we have a permit to have this Just property. Just because you have a permit doesn't mean this property is These officers can tell you that we have a permit to have That's these cool. and they Can you please take put it down? Can you please give us back? Will you please give me it back? She doesn't. She doesn't. I don't know why it's, it's glitching, but she, she doesn't. She just dumps the crosses out there. And so essentially what I'm talking about is the respect factor and how, you know what? It's going right out the window. It's going right out the window. Ever since I discovered that term accelerationist, I see it everywhere. 
This is it's past extremists, it's past radicalists, it's extremists, it's people who literally do not care, who want to agitate you. We saw a lot of that uh, a few years back with uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Indivisible, uh, and all these other people that were part of this whole George Soros push for for uh, civil unrest and destabilization. Well, those people are still out there. And this is what I mean. There are some out there that are even more radicalized, and these are these accelerationists. Look at this. Dressed in black clad and, and just done. Just done. Go ahead. You see what I'm saying? Like these, these, it, It's a spirit. It truly is. And I think that's why I get like this is because I'm spiritually reacting to somebody that is a vessel uh, either willingly or unwillingly who is not conscious of their actions and how it affects other people's. And how these types of things look, how these types of things age, season over time. Think about this. Like, again, to tie it back into what I was talking about, being 16, you got to grow up. These people, they don't grow up. I guarantee you, these people don't really have friends. I want to speak on this and then we'll take a quick break. The same way this radical, these people, this, the same way we hang out on Instagram, social media, Facebook, and Twitter and talk about conscious stuff is the same way these radical people are like, you want to go get a pizza? Yeah, but you should go kill those people. The same way they're like, hey, did you see that post? They share a meme. You know, the, you, you've got to think about the spirit that's being fostered out there. The culture that's being fostered out there. I truly understand what it means to not care, right? But that's actually very dangerous. Because then you begin to, you, 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 you slide down this very slippery slope where it's everyone else's fault for the life that you've created. And now we see this whole ideology becoming political. I hate myself, therefore pay for this. You better tolerate me. I'm sick and, and twisted in the head. You better respect it, otherwise you're the bigot. Don't, don't actually come from a place of compassion and try to speak about these things. No, let this person live in their depravity. And this is where we're going. If we don't take the time to point this out and make this better tomorrow, think about who we're doing the work for. It is the elites. That's why we have to consciously make a better choice to live a more liberated, freedom-oriented life, a renaissance pro-human-based life, a divinity-inspired uh, existence. But you look at these people. You think you, do you think you could talk about divinity with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Could, could you talk divinity with any of the people that you hear me speaking about? Because it's not what's being put out there. The idea behind America was that you had God-given rights and those wouldn't be trampled upon. These days, these people are so corporate controlled, they're saying, you don't have any rights. You're not, you're not divine. You're just a clump of cells. We're going to abort you. We're going to kill you. You don't get to deserve to live. You don't even deserve to have property. The land you're living on is stolen. You see how they use like philosoph uh, uh, philosophy and the pseudo-woke bullshit, excuse my language, to literally disarm you. From, from, from taking a sovereign stance on your rights and your ability to live uh, unhindered by the government. I digress. I, I'm, what's going to happen is we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to talk about when we come back uh, with standing silent killers. Emmanuel Macron banning the yellow vest protests. School children diagnosed with cancer as well as 70% of pesticides found in produce. Or, or produ pesticides found in produce. Like Think about this. This is why we have to do everything I'm talking about. If we, are not, if we do not create the ability for us to voice our displeasement, how can we create change? And that's all this is. 
Change is rough. It's not supposed to be easy. That's why the time frame we are in is so monumental because we have the ability to affect change at such a rapid rate. But people who don't understand their power will squander it. And I assure you, that's not what we're trying to do here. But what's going to happen, gang, is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant.
That's right. When we're back. You know, I get fired up talking about this type of stuff because this is now reality. I'm 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 so I'm so immersed in this type of stuff and I see so much change happening all over the place that I'm, I'm not only am I fired up for humanity, I'm just tapped into something different and it just feels so great. And that's why I know we can make change. I was reading that book that Adam gave me, The Way of Hermes, The Corpus Hermeticum, right, of Thoth, the Egyptian god of wisdom. I was reading that and it got to this part. I'm like 21 pages or so in, and it got to this part where it was talking about how the depravity of man, how when they don't realize that they come from source or that they don't realize that they come from God, uh, that they, you know, they seek things here on the flesh. They, they, they seek trying to satiate the whole inside themselves. And I know this is something that we talk about all the time, but when reading the way that it was presented in that book, it unlocked something in me that made me realize everything else that I had read in that book up until that part was also true. I just couldn't comprehend it. And if this is a book that goes, that spans uh, uh, millennia, that means that this is the nature of man throughout millennia. And that that information that I had read up until that point of my true perception, my true understanding was also true. I just haven't realized the perception of it being true. Essentially, man's nature is as it always will be. So when you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about culling the population, this will happen. This is how we will be even after she is gone. You see. So think about what you're tied into. Think about where you come from. When I say a spark of divinity and within you, you're like, think about this. Who? Oh, I, I could spend forever talking about uh, living. Like, how could you? And, and, and this book goes over it, too. Uh, it talks about, you know, God and mating with the earth uh, and how, you know, the creator loved him, loved itself so much that it created humanity to experience its own creation. And that's why it says that we're created in the image of God. But the way that it explained it was so beautiful because it's like, how could you create something? How could you capture the infinite? How could you capture uh, uh, the cosmos, all that is and ever will be? How could you how could you capture something like that knowing that man is knowing that man is eternal and also mortal at the same time will you make man's flesh mortal but the thing that powers man immortal that's why I tell you all the time you're some collection of your great 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 grandparents Alexandria Ocasio Cortez so if you don't want to be a part of that cycle get the get out of here how could you capture the how could you encase that which is that which is and all that will ever be. You, 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 you bottle it. The same way they learned to bottle lightning and bottle electricity, turning into light. They turned us into that light, into that, 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 uh, that light bulb. They captured the cosmos. They captured infinity and put it within us. But how could you, infinity can't be contained. This is why our bodies deteriorate. It's a fascinating read, uh, nonetheless. Adam, if you're listening, thank you for handing me uh, that book because I am a few pages in and already loving it. Definitely didn't mean to go into this, uh, this rant, but this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. Could you explain this with these elites? Could you explain this with all these other people who don't understand how beautiful and magnificent they are, or do they think they're just a clump of cells, a piece of random chaos that they don't really get to uh, uh, create, that they don't get to determine you see
marvelous individuals we are and trying to tell us every, anything different is satanic. It go, it, it, it's anti-human, you see. And this is why we have to try and do everything we can uh, in order to fight back. But to get back into the flow of things, speaking of anti-human things, check this out. Emmanuel Macron wants to ban protesting. So while you have Facebook over here, uh, cutting, back, cutting back on links, sharing stuff, wanting to read your mind, Putin signing this, this, fake, this fake news law, France says, well, we want to ban protests. We want to ban people, people, people's ability to congregate over ideas and effectively say, change this or we're, gonna, or, 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 we're, or we're done. We can bring all kinds of attention to people who want to stop having kids due to climate change, but whenever for almost 12 weeks people come out saying, you better change the system because I'm tired of this. We can't pay any attention. Nope. Let me get into this article. It's from the Drudge Report feed. We put this up March 18th. It says Macron threatens to ban yellow vest protests. Uh, France's prime minister said that Paris's police chief had, had been sacked and that the government would shut down yellow vest protests if violent groups were identified among the ranks of yellow vest protesters. President Emmanuel Macron and his government have been forced back on the defensive against rioters ransacked ransacked uh, luxury boutiques and torch cafes and a bank on Saturday in the latest flare-up of violence against Macron's pro-business reforms. Quote, from next Saturday, we will ban yellow vest protests in neighborhoods that have been the worst hit as soon as we see a sign of the presence of radical groups and their intent to cause damage. Prime Minister Eduardo Felipe said in a televised speech, some 10,000 people participated in Saturday's protest in the capital, according to the police estimates, including a hard core of about 1,500 troublemakers who Felipe said were bent on, quote, looting, destroying property and causing injury. Uh, these were criminal acts. The government's response must be strong, Felipe said. A new Paris police, Paris police chief would be appointed on Wednesday, he said, adding that police officers on the ground would be given more decision-making autonomy and handed extra equipment, including drones. So you have Macron saying that we will fight you people trying to stand up. We will fight the citizens pointing out that we have a corrupt runaway government that does not have the people's interest at heart. A corrupt, corporate-controlled government bought out uh, by globalist interests. Think about this. You better not protest. You better not protest. We saw the same thing. Uh, and, and I wonder if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez could speak on this. We saw the same thing happen with, uh, the, with, with the Dakota Access Pipeline. Were they, were they criminalized protesting there as well? I wonder if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez could speak on that. Where they actually deployed drones as well on the Standing Rock water protectors. Many will call him. <laughs> I need to stop. Because I'm, I'm joking that these people, they're so disenfranchised that they don't see how, how messed up they are. This is what I'm saying. Either A, they see it and they don't care. Or B, they can't see it, and they still don't care. This is dangerous. You see. Let me play for you, again, something else is dangerous that, that revolves around protesting, which also revolves around people taking action. There are school children and people that are being diagnosed with cancer because they're living next to cell phone towers. I kid you not. This is dangerous. And whenever you have people 
like Emmanuel Macron banning the Yellow Vest protests, the Yellow Vests have a comprehensive uh, agenda to try to reform the entire government. Maybe we're seeing part of this here in America uh, now that we're on this topic. I don't know. But they have a, a, a comprehensive list of 25 different demands, I think, to where they want to reform the government. What happens if America did the same and then we added things like 5G, GMOs, chemtrails? We want to reform this. We don't want to be subjected to poison anymore. This is why protesting, using your First Amendment, voting with your dollars and voting with your lifestyle is so important. Because you can vocalize things that have to be listened to. Remember, they work for us. But because we live in this weird time frame to where uh, perception and manipulation are, are, are running rampant, they somehow have it to where we work for them. We're the, we're the slaves of the government. They work for us. So we need to figure out how to reclaim that power. But let me play for you guys this clip of this school child and other people being diagnosed with cancer uh, living, living next to this cell phone tower. Right here. All right, yes. Parents outraged tonight after a fourth child is diagnosed with cancer at a San Joaquin Elementary School. And parents believe it's because of radiation caused by a cell tower at the school. News tonight, CBS 13's Jen McGraw is live and ripping with what the school is now saying. Jen? Yeah, it's become such a point of contention that more than 200 students stayed home from school yesterday in protest, and their parents went before the school board demanding answers and that they take precaution. Cell phone towers are spread throughout the community, but it's this particular one that parents say... ...really tell us it's 100% environmental, the type of tumor he has. Monica Ferruli's son Mason was the second child to be diagnosed with cancer in just three years at Weston Elementary. He was 10 years old and walked by this cell phone tower daily. It's, it's indescribable. It's, it's really tough. That's one of the hardest things I've been through. Joe Prime's son Kyle was the first diagnosed with kidney cancer in 2016, and two more kids were diagnosed this year. It just seems like a coincidence is no longer a reason for, for all this illness. They believe it's this cell phone tower that's harming their kids. These kids shouldn't be guinea pigs and they shouldn't be we shouldn't be taking chances with the children's lives. The district has had several tests done saying the tower is safe and meets federal regulations. But some families weren't convinced and hired an expert. I wouldn't send my kids there at all. Uh, it absolutely is dangerous. Eric Winheim is an electromagnetic radiation specialist and found levels far higher than the district's expert. Children that are still developing and their cells are still dividing is the worst possible time of their life to be exposed. He says it's not just a cell tower, it transmits wireless frequencies. Instead of only going 300 yards like regular Wi-Fi, WiMAX can go 30 miles. Parents want the mask removed, but the district won't budge. And while the district has sent plenty of letters to those parents, those parents tell me that this fight is far from over. And we'll follow up, no doubt. Jen, thanks. Live and ripping tonight. Wow, that's crazy. 30 miles, a 30-mile radius, and they have it right smack dab in the middle of a school. 30-mile radius. And they just got it right smack there, basically, you know, in between in between uh, uh, buildings, in between wings. Kids are already developing cancer. Teachers, too. 
that's crazy. And, and, and when people like uh, Justin Harvey of We Are Change Orlando get out there, think about that. All it takes is one voice, and now that we're creating this network, it takes one voice to get out there. We'll amplify it. But people truly don't understand the damages of things like, of, of things like 5G, of, of things like GMOs, chemtrails, vaccines. While we're talking about these things that are affecting kids, I want to play for you this quick clip of New York Mayor City, uh, New York Mayor, uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio talking about meatless Mondays uh, and how this is, if you ask me, I think this is also a push uh, to push the vegan agenda on kids as well. Um, now, I, I, I know I have people who will say, you know, what's wrong with having plant-based diets or eating things like this? I don't think that's wrong or bad or anything of this nature. But what I am trying to say is look at, again, Bayer, Monsanto, who's providing all this type of stuff, where's the food coming from, and how's this going to bioaccumulate in the kids? Uh, will it have a, a, a weird synergistic relationship with the 5G that's in the area? All this type of stuff, you know, I have to think about these types of things. We have to put these types of questions out there uh, because, as I said before at the start of the show, regarding Nancy Pelosi and lowering the, 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 the voting age to 16, it's, it's about the kids, the drag queen story time. It's about the kids. Now with Meatless Mondays, it's about the kids. So we have to look at what they're doing to the kids and what the overarching agenda for it all is. But here, let me play for you guys this clip. I'm here at the cafeteria PS130 in Brooklyn with these amazing kids. I was spending time with fourth graders, seventh graders, and they are passionate about wanting to make sure they are healthy and the earth is healthy. And they believe in Meatless Mondays. And I want you to know why we're going to do it for the whole school system because we need our kids to be healthy and a more balanced diet, more vegetables, more fruits, more meatless options, good for everyone, good for the earth too. We know that we're going to have to do a lot There's a lot of different things to look at. Uh, we'll, and this is a trend that will continue to grow. Uh, while I am happy to see kids eat healthy, I am always cautious about where the food comes from, uh, what they're giving to the kids, and what they're pushing there. Clearly, you know, talking about things such as global warming, uh, food production, earth, you, you've got to understand how they got to get them young. Uh, I'm not sure if I played for you guys a clip last week, but uh, it was of these kids striking out for climate change. So you have you have this whole thing to where it's now about the earth, the environment, humanity, population, and and I, and I find all this very 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 dangerous. Let's just let's just say that very very dangerous uh, because essentially what we're seeing is just that the push for the global citizen. Uh, this is the new world order, and you know information came out this week, and this is why you know you, why we have to stay on top of this type of stuff. It's important. They're talking about meatless options. They're talking about uh, veganism, vegetarianism, pushing this plant-based diets. Well, again, this just is my ma this is the point I'm trying to make. What happens whenever you have things like pesticide residues being found in 70% of produce, even after you wash them? 
We put this up March 20th. It's from the Drudge Report feed. It says about 70% of fresh produce sold in the U.S. has pesticide residues on it even after it is washed, according to a health advocacy group. According to the Environmental Working Group Group's anal- annual analysis of the U.S. Department of Agricultural Data, Strawberries, spinach, and kale are among the most pesticide-heavy produce, while avocados, sweet corn, and pineapples had the lowest levels of residue. More than 92% of kale tested contaminated contained two or more pesticide residues, according to the analysis, and a single sample of conventionally farmed kale could contain up to 18 different pesticides. Think about that. Think about that. Two or more pesticide residues while conventionally farmed kale contain up to 18 different ones. That's crazy. Uh, Dacthal, the most common pesticide found, which was detected in nearly 60% of kale samples, is banned in Europe and classified as a possible human carcinogen in the U.S. Quote, we definitely acknowledge and support that everybody should be eating healthy fruits and vegetables as part of their diet, regardless of if if they're conventional or organic said Alexis Timken, a toxologist working with the EWG. Uh, quote, but what we try to highlight with the Shopper's Guide to Produce is building on a body of evidence that shows mixtures of pesticides can have adverse effects. Uh, other foods on the group's dirty dozen in- list includes grapes, cherries, apples, tomatoes, and potatoes. In contrast, its Clean 15 list includes avocados, onions, and cauliflower. Uh, Leonardo Trez... Trisande, an environmental medicine specialist at the New York University Medical School, called the EWG report, quote, widely respected and said that it can inform shoppers who want to buy some organic fruits and vegetables, but would like to know which ones they which ones they could prioritize. Uh, Despite a growing body of research, scientists say it is difficult to pinpoint how many pesticides people are exposed to in their daily lives and in what quantity. And it is also hard to say how those chemicals in combination affect the body. You know, that's essentially what I'm trying to say. I'm all for doing this type of stuff, but we have to be extraordinarily cautious about how it bioaccumulates and what these type of things mean. I'm going to read this next article, and then I'll play for you guys a clip of how uh, people that have this pesticide-free life not consuming these types of... uh, uh, not consuming this stuff, essentially, they are just healthier, period. This is another thing that came out this week. Jury founds Roundup weed killer caused man's cancer. We're not talking about Dwayne Johnson, the man that re- received the $259 million lawsuit settlement uh, in response to figuring out that uh, uh, Monsanto's Roundup caused his cancer. This is another case. We put this up March 19th. It's also from the Drudge Report feed. It says, a jury found that a man developed cancer from exposure to Roundup weed killer he used in his yard. In the second case, two go to trial over the alleged harms of the popular Bayer AG product. The six-person jury in the U.S. District Court in San Francisco now is set to begin hearing evidence to separately weigh whether Bayer's Monsanto unit should be held liable, a decision that could bring substantial financial damages against the company. The initial verdict marks another setback for Bayer, which has come under intense pressure since a jury in August reached a 289.2 million verdict in the first case ever over the weed killer to go to trial. That verdict came down at, soon after Bayer finalized its acquisition of Monsanto Co. Uh, analysts and investors saw Bayer at an advantage in this second trial after the U.S. District Judge Vince Chabaria agreed to split the evidence into phases. Uh, with the first focusing solely on whether Roundup and its active ingredient, glyphosate, are carcinogenic. 
Bayer faces lawsuits from about 11,200 farmers, home gardeners, and landscapers claiming its glyphosate-based herbicides cause non-Hodgkin lymphoma and other cancers. Six more trials are due to start this year in federal and state courts. During the nine days of trial, the San Francisco jury heard competing scientific evidence over whether Roundup has been shown to cause cancer, and it has. It has. And so what, I, what I'm trying to point out to you guys by, by, by talking about this, Roundup basically being linked, linked to ca- cancer, uh, pesticides being found in produce, when they're pushing this, this meatless agenda, this is the type of angle I'm really coming from. I am all for eating healthy. I really think more people ought to do it if it wasn't so <laughs> expensive. But, you know, this is why you pay for this because life, there's no price for life. You have to, you have to fight for it. But what I'm trying to say by looking at this, seriously, is just that. They're trying to poison us. Uh, and we have got to be extraordinarily cautious about what we are consuming, why we're consuming it, our diet, and how it all affects us. As I said before, the bioaccumulation. The pesticides that they are spraying on the people, or I mean on the food that the people are consuming, that's the most dangerous part about it. And if you don't point these types of things out, if you cannot make the connections and begin to start making conscious decisions in your life to counteract that, you will become subject to the environment. But what's going to happen is I'm going to play for you guys this clip of a pesticide level in a family dropping by 60% as they went to a one-week organic diet. I think that's fantastic, but this is what I mean. Going organic, growing your own food, and even watching what you consume. Uh, But let's take a listen. Maybe. There's a peer-reviewed study that shows uh, eating a completely organic diet, even for just one week, can dramatically reduce the presence of pesticide levels in, in people. This is... Do you ever wonder if organic is worth it? We tested four American families to find out. Can eating organic food really reduce the pesticides we're exposed to? First urine samples are taken of all the family members. And it turns out they have a number of different pesticides in their bodies. Oh, wow. What are we eating? So for one week, they replace all their food with organic. Then another round of samples is taken. And almost all of the pesticides disappear. to that right above zero mark just for the six days like I, it makes me wonder like what if we do this for a year the study shows that organic works the organic diet dramatically reduces your exposure to pesticides pesticides are poisons and they're crazy do you ever wonder if our- and I, I wish uh, more people would check out uh, a lot of the full videos and a lot of the studies that we put out there because the information we're not lying when we say these type of things. When we're looking at the studies and we're putting this type of stuff out there, it's because we're, we're, we're making very complicated analysis or very comprehensive analysis over a lot of different things, taking into consideration a lot of different factors uh, that, that a lot of other people don't. Uh, but to start wrapping this episode up for you guys, I wanted to talk about you know the cannabis curriculum, the war on drugs and magic mushrooms and stuff like that, essentially the war on consciousness. Uh, and weaponizing consciousness expansion. But I figured the best way for me to do that is to tell you guys to go check out the four-part, eight-hour series that we did with the Wayfinder podcast. 
And I say that because we talk about weed, uh, we talk about drugs, we talk about mushrooms, we talk about psychedelics, we talk about a lot of different things. And you get to hear a comprehensive view on not only things like diet, ritual, religion, spirituality, practices, and so much more. And I say we're withstanding silent killers. I also mean, uh, what are we killing ourselves? What kind of things are you telling yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you love others? Do you practice this type of uh, this type of general love, this appreciation, this gratuity? You see, and a lot of it, a lot of people only see things in a three-dimensional, physical, corporeal way, and that's fine. This allows for us to talk about everything else that's out there, how that you are an expression of what you eat. Think of your think of your stomach as an actual garden instead of a graveyard, and think about what will be put in there. And I'm not bashing people that eat meat. I love steak. I talk about it all the time. But I, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you guys is there's a healthy balance. And what's happening right now from the politics uh, to the environment to the culture is you're seeing this to where we're not really looking inward for the answers. We're looking externally. And that's very dangerous because we can be deceived through our senses. We can be politicked. We can be, we can be screwed over. We can be manipulated. We can be lied to. And a lot of people don't have the discernment and the filtration or the mental power, the mental fortitude or the willpower to understand these types of things. So whenever I'm going over all this, realize that it's to try to inform you so that you can make educated decisions to improve and enhance your life. Believe it or not, we're already there. And that's why we're receiving so much resistance on all different levels. Why would they do that? Why would they, put a, why would they push an a, a, a anti-human pro-earth agenda i love earth i love i love being here and that's why i say how old is earth how many times have we been here but why is this ideology that's being pushed out there today specifically designed to demoralize and dehumanize humanity to put us in a position of subservience to where we don't want to grow to where we don't want to move forward to where we don't act as we were divine to act as we were told to do be creators be fruitful and multiply upon the earth now we're, 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 they're doing everything they can to tell us it's the opposite. They don't want us to be fruitful. They don't want us to multiply. They don't want us to, 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 to follow divinity, to follow this natural law, to, to, to tap into something greater. No, they want you to be a serf of the state, a slave to the system that abides by the rules that you were, divi that you were uh, uh, dictated to every single day. And that's why this is so dangerous. You have people who are literally listening to, to talking points that are not their own, that are inorganic, unauthentic, not real, synthetic uh, uh, policies. And it's crazy because it's, it's, it's creating all of this. It's creating the pessimism. It's creating the negativity. It's creating uh, all of what you see happening. And that's why you see us fighting every single day, every single moment, every single month, year, week, decade, as, as much as we can. Because we are trying to just do that we are trying to be the freedom faction and we are trying to be the light upon the world however ladies and gentlemen that's all i really have for you i know i went over a lot but it's to give you again that comprehensive view about all the different types of things that are going on in the world and how you are the architect of your future and how there are bigger things going on and if you allow yourself to step into that majesty will be bestowed upon you this is Sovereignty crackdowns, the cause for calling, and withstanding silent killers. There are three basic types, Mr. Pizer. The will, 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 the will
Well, do us all a favor, Vincent, and try to be a can, especially where that monster's <laughs> concerned. We need you, not another corkscrew. Hey, However, hey. that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know I kind of went over a lot, but as always, it's to give you that comprehensive view. That, and it's been a while since it's just been me and you. It's hard to kind of consolidate your thoughts whenever you're over here sharing them with the world. Again, congrats to Justin Harvey uh, for meeting up in Orlando and talking about Roundup, getting it out of there. That's the power that one person can do. And if we acknowledge and highlight all of our amazing achievements, I truly believe we'll have a stake in the fight. Sounds crazy, but would you rather have 7 million people die or 70 million people die? Regardless, I'll be right there fighting with you guys until we get it done. You see. And that's all I really can say. Make sure you're checking out the links in the description bar below. Clearly, we're doing a lot of different work with a lot of different people, and we're trying to grow as always as much as possible. And it's with your guys' great help that we're able to do so. And if you guys want to support the operation, you want to see us do a little more, think about becoming a Patreon exclusive member. Either that, check out some of the amazing products, such as New Leaf Natural CBD Oil, that keeps financing this amazing operation that you see right here. Lastly, I want to leave you guys with this. Printer, ink, and ammo. Printer, ink, and ammo. That's how Freedom Faction runs. But like I said, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, gang, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out.